Hey, IGG listeners, we're replaying our witchy terms episode for you this week, and I'm I'm really excited about it. Yeah, this is like a glossary about terms that you can use that you've heard your whole life and that are sort of foundational to a lot of the things that we talk about on the IGG. Yeah, I find myself telling anyone who says they are they are listening to the podcast. I I go, have you heard the witchy terms episode? Like as if that will help you understand all the other things we talk about and reference. So I figured this would be a great one for us to replay. It's still one of my favorite subjects to hear you talk about and it will be forever. And I hope that we will always continue to discuss these things over coffee like we usually do. Right. There's so much to talk about. And and we could even, I'm sort of plotting a witchy terms too for the next season because people love these terms so much. And there's so many of them that we could talk about so many more. Absolutely. So give it a listen again for the first time or revisit it because it's, it's just great to listen to and helpful, but let us know if there are other terms that you want us to cover and show you the origin of, because that kind of thing excites us. Yeah, definitely. episode we discuss witchy terminology there are so many words that describe our ancient pagan ancestors way of life that have been really misrepresented or hijacked and they are so far away from their original meaning so we take some time in this episode to go over those those big important terms some of them are shocking how far away they are from from where they started and we really enjoy discussing um, some facts and some of our theories on why it got changed so this is heather wood and jamie hayhurst and this is the intuitive girl's guide we've got some really fun witchy stuff to talk about i'm so excited to talk about it with you yes me too Oh my goodness. So we're going to, on this episode, we're going to spend some time giving people kind of a a background, almost act like a glossary of some really important witchy terms, um, our thoughts on them, society's thoughts on them, uh, because they're going to be really important for the stuff that we talk about in the upcoming episodes about the wheel of the year and the Sabbaths and all of that kind of stuff. How does that sound, Jay? That's perfect. Okay. So Jay, well, let's jump right in. Do you want to, you want to go over some of these really important terms? Yeah, let's start because I think that before we get into all this stuff, you know, we're approaching, this is October now where you're, when you're hearing these episodes, um, we're getting into what Americans consider like the holiday season. And we want to be we want to talk to you about what all that means and how we got to this place with all of these holidays and um, and what their origins are. But before we talk about that, I think it's really helpful to understand the timeline and the like the vocab basically of the things that we're going to be talking about. It's gonna come up so often that right. we we say a term or reference something and we're going to have to ask you to sort of like reconcile it in your head from sort of what you've been taught or how you usually hear that word. So I think like having an episode where we help you like lay that foundation so that you can hear the rest of the episodes in a very open way, I think is really important. 
Right. So let's let's start there. And then um, I also think it's a good place to start to get people familiar with terminology. And then if there's something that raises your hackles as you're listening or if it's something that you feel really interested in, please let us know, because everything that we're talking about could basically have its own episode. Like it's, <laughs> Even though this is like the glossary version of this, like it's going to be a whole episode like each of these terms really we could talk about for a long time um so please let us know if if something comes up that you're interested in yes i I feel like we're gonna have to have that asterisk on a lot of the elements of all of these episodes because even when we get into the sabbats i mean we could do one episode on one sabbat tradition like (laughs) exactly right Um, all right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start you with the timeline and then we'll get into the glossary. Um, and again, this is me encapsulating literally 35,000 years of history. And I'm going to do it in about like four minutes. So <laughs> this is not, this doesn't cover everything. I'm just sort of giving you an overview as you're listening so that you know the timeline that we're talking about when we start talking about like witches and Sabbaths and all, when all this stuff started, I want you to know like when in time we're talking about. Yes, so. please, please condense all of that history into four minutes for everybody. <laughs> listening I'm going to try. Well, I'm going <laughs> to kick us back to about, it, it, you know, obviously like history wasn't recorded on computers 20,000 years ago. Um, but, you know, 20 to 30,000 B.C., is when you first saw what is now called paganism. So, and we, I'll define all these after this, but we saw paganism 20,000 years ago, or actually 20,000 BC. Um, that's actually the late Paleolithic areas, era. So we're actually talking about like cave people. That's how far back we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when we had goddess worship. That's when er- the earliest civilizations, they worshiped, the mother where our current modern religion religions worship the father there was mother worship goddess or goddess worship actually if you go and you google paleolithic era and you're on the first hit on google will show a bunch of images and the first one is a goddess figure that's like okay. yep it's like and it doesn't look like what we've been taught is a goddess it's like these big, large breasts, this big belly, big hips. Um, But there are these little stone carvings that were made to worship the mother. Um, So that's about 20 to 30,000 BC. So then time rolls on. I'm going to, I'm going to drag you right back. I'm going to pull you forward to about 2000 BC, which is when we start to see patriarchy which i will define for you we start to see patriarchy taking root that's when the idea that we shift from worshiping the earth um looking to the earth for answers we start looking to man we start looking to like humans and also men being in charge um that was about 4000 to 2000 bc was when that started coming into the consciousness of humans and I feel like it's important to note here that that's a very long span of time that existed when it was not a patriarchal society. Right. Tens of thousands of years was mm-hmm. was when there was uh, goddess worship or mother worship. 
um, around 1800 BC was when we started seeing the advent of patriarchal religions being Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Then we get right to one, right? We start right at, you know, 1 AD is the birth of Christ. And that's when we start our modern patriarchal timekeeping. Um, so we're at the first year um, of AD or what's called CE, the common era. Um, and as at that time, at the, the time of the birth of Christ is when all three of those patriarchal religions are growing. They're growing and they're spreading um, across the globe. And can we just also say that they literally started time over? <laughs> yes, they started time over. They started like timekeeping over, like 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 the hours of the day, the month, the calendar, everything changed. Mm -hmm. So it was a big, it was a big shift. It took it took some time. It took a couple thousand years, but like you said, relative to the tens of thousands of years, it was a it was a quick change. Yep. Um, so that the advent of the patriarchal religions is about 1800 BC and it goes to, to about the year 700. So they're like fully formed, fully, you know, up and running those three religions. So now we're in the patriarchy, we're living in the patriarchy. Um, and then around 1600, 1700 is when we start seeing the witch hunts in America and in Europe. They start in Europe and then they're over here in America. And then we have today, 2020, which is a total dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> but we're here. And 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 that's what that's what it it was a it's a long journey. Um, but and a lot of things happened. Yes, but I think it's really important to sort of have that scale of time in the way that you said it so that you understand that although we've been in a patriarchal society for a very long time, it's still not as long as we were in a, a more matriarchal society. Right. And there's been so many shifts and changes in this patriarchal society that um, I, I feel like it's hard. I don't know if it's just me as a person, but I feel like it's hard to sort of keep track of time. And when you say like the 1800s or that the witch hunts were in 1700s, I guess in my head, it feels like a long time ago, but it wasn't. You know, right. like things weren't, it wasn't that long ago that those things were happening. Right. In the scale of, of the universe, it's like a little blip in time. However, I guess under the strain of living in patriarchal times, it feels very long. <laughs> right. It feels like a long, long time. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> All right, so let's get into the glossary. Um, I, I think we should start with patriarchy. And that's where we should actually define it. Um, but again, this is one of those words, these terms that we could do a whole entire episode on. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yep. So I'm going to define it for you, but I'm not going to go into all of the problems that exist within it, because that in itself is is another episode. But I want you when we say, oh, the patriarchy, the patriarchy started at 1700 BC. I want you to know what that actually means. And I want to make sure that you're not using this like sort of anti feminism, feminism version of patriarchy. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Please define that, because I, I 
I want to like walk around with this definition on a note card for people. Uh, so I think this is a great idea. <laughs> right. So, so patriarchy is defined. The general definition of patriarchy is a system of society or government in which the father or the eldest male is the head of the family and descendants are traced through the male line. It's a system of society or government in which men hold the power and women are largely excluded. A society or community organized on patriarchal lines. That's the textbook definition. Mm -hmm. If you just Google it, that's like, that's the Merriam-Webster version. Now my version that I prefer is by this author named Tanishka and I love her. She's an amazing book if you wanna look up about like the, the goddess, goddess worship. Um, her definition of patriarchy is a mindset and culture which taught that the divine had, which you could be, which like we said before, could be God, could be whatever you want, but whatever's divine for you, had an exclusively male expression while simultaneously casting the feminine as an evil temptress who ought not be trusted. This perspective impacted all layers of human experience and resulted in women being valued primarily for their attractiveness to men and their ability to bear sons. Mm -hmm. So very different definitions, very different, but I think both need to be looked at because they sort of bring to your attention the systemic impacts of patriarchy and the social impacts. Absolutely. Both of those definitions apply and make sense. The second one gives me that feeling of fire in my stomach where I want to go like pick it and burn stuff down. Right. Um, and, but the first one, the first one sort of gives you that sort of idea of like the structure that society's built on. And when we say society, we don't mean it just in general, but like almost every sort of structure that we exist in is built in a patriarchal way, whether that's in religion or government or corporations or whatever you want to, whatever you want to look at all across the board, you have to see in sort of both definitions that it's, it's structured in that patriarchal value of men higher than women system. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's okay to just look at the first definition and be like, okay, I understand that it's based on men. There's nothing theoretically wrong with that. But now that we see it playing out, it's important to realize that when we say that, when you and I are talking about the patriarchy, we are not talking anti-men. We are not saying like we want to smash men when we say we want to smash the patriarchy because the patriarchy actually harms men as well as women absolutely because it's it, it as we're finding as we're seeing it's a system that people can't actually exist and thrive in money money can thrive in patriarchy <clears throat> wealth like modern day success can thrive in patriarchy but men and women cannot and, and that's what we're discovering is that this life that we've all been like sort of forced to live in what you might call like the rat race or something now, it's not working. No, 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 exactly. And patriarchal society benefits a very small amount of men. Right. In our culture, a small amount of cis white men who 
hoard all of that wealth and power and, and their sort of, and, and this is my own definition, so everyone can feel free to disagree, um, but right. sort of they, they feel as though keeping other people down is what keeps them up. So when you think of like, sort of like the idea of the 1%, like there's 1% of the society with that power and, and uh, wealth and, you know, can weather things. Um, that's what we're talking about. Like that little piece fighting, being a feminist and, and fighting to have more of a matriarchal society, which also doesn't mean just women in power. It means a balance, right? Yeah. Um, fighting for that also fights for men because unless you are one of those men that's part of that one percent you are suffering under patriarchal rule as well exactly as soon as you use you deviate from that cis white men you start to lose power you start to lose rights and freedoms um and then it, it goes down very swiftly from there yes it does <laughs> <laughs> so that's patriarchy in like a very small nutshell it could be we could talk about it for hours but when we start to go in in the other episodes and we talk about you know what happened with witchcraft and wicca and paganism and things like that and we're discussing the patriarchy that's what we mean is this system that is set out to use men to benefit men and to use that through like land holding and and wealth okay yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, that's the most condensed version we can do. Right. Just, we want to right. talk about it. <laughs> I'm literally like making myself not talk about it right now. Like I want to, I'm, I'm in my, my inner dialogue is like, stop right now. Don't say another thing. <laughs> Reel it in. Reel it in, sister. Okay. So we're going to move on to the term pagan, which is interesting. Um, it's an umbrella term for all Wiccans and most witches and it was created this is the interesting thing so when heather and i talk about paganism we're basically talking about like that pre-patriarchal life like what people worshipped and put energy towards when they when it was a matriarchal matriarchal society when they worshiped the goddess um the term pagan was actually coined by the christian church and it was used to ostracize earth worshiping polytheistic people but i like the fact that it's actually now like it's not bad now like it we've spun it around like if you say someone's pagan it's not necessarily like oh they're evil that's how it was originally intended um yeah but it go ahead i was gonna say i think and i, I know you're gonna get to the this term the term witch too right. but i think both pagan and witch have started to not be such bad terms, but I still think that people are confused by them. Like people think when they hear pagan that that's a religion. Yes. Um, and that's not, that's not actually true. Exactly. And that's where it's all very muddled between pagan, Wicca, witch. It's all, it's all been sort of washed into the same bowl and, and they don't all mean the same thing. But pagan, actually, when we're talking about it, is basically like, in my head, it's kind of like the anti-patriarchy. It's like what we used to be, what, like what we're trying to get back to. And that doesn't mean any type of ritual. It's just that we're not in this like modern day religious perspective anymore. Yeah, I sort of think of it as pre-religion. Like, yeah. 
like before you are sort of told a, a system of, of how to how to believe and how you should be this was sort of like looking at how both the earth and the universe worked and and sort of channeling in and operating with those energies that's kind of how i look at the term i that's exactly how i look at it too pre-religion is perfect um it was first used in the 1500s during the renaissance um and then gained popularity during the reformation in the 1600s so there had already been these modern day patriarchal religions, which when I say that, I mean, modern day patriarchal religions are the three main religions, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, that are all based on men, that serve men, that have male gods, and that only in the, and that serve um, like the parishioners as men get more rights in those churches, right? Women can't be priests in like the Catholic church, things like that. Yeah. Um, but pagan pagans as pagans as a belief in earth planets multiple gods that dates back to the beginning of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what people believed until the patriarchy came and tried to rise in power. Yes, and I, I this point will probably be reminded in in our further episodes, but I think this is a good place to say too that when we talk about like multiple gods and goddesses you have to not think of of god as the the term sort of or the way the church expresses it as this one singular all power all powerful fully good being right back back in the day that's my famous blanket statement for just either yesterday or 5000 bc right. um Back then, it was much more representative of an energy, right? Like the energy of uh, fertility or the energy of the crops growing. Like it, that was much more how they were viewing gods and goddesses. And I think, um, not to go on a tangent, I'll reel myself in, but I think patriarchal society and you know, sort of that taking over wanted you to think that it was this silly worshiping all these gods right. thing, but it, that's not really that's not really how they looked at it. Exactly. It, it, that was something that the modern day churches used to sort of make people who weren't worshiping them look silly or, um, and then, but then, you know, the Catholics wrote it into the 10 commandments that it was a, a mortal sin to believe in more than one God. I mean, so then it, it went from being silly to being, you know, dangerous. Yeah, and then eventually a crime punishable by death. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. So the next term is Wicca, and that is I'm gonna Heather's gonna approach this in one of the episodes. I'm just gonna give you the quick definition, which is it's a modern pagan religion introduced to the world in 1954. It was created and honed and practiced in the 1940s and 50s, and then you know introduced in 1954 so that's that's relatively like very recent super modern and i think i think what i always have to like reconcile in my brain is that wicca is a very modern thing but all of its concepts are very ancient right <laughs> right it's almost it was almost like wicca is bringing back what used to be practiced obviously through the lens of a human living in the 1950s, but it was like taking the old practices and bringing them back. 
exactly. And I get asked constantly if I am Wicca. I'm sure that you get asked this to Jamie because I'll use the term witch to describe myself. And so I just want to say I'm not Wicca. I don't belong to any religion. However, I, I think Wicca is awesome and badass, but just because you are, you sort of go use pagan ideas and beliefs, or you identify yourself as a witch, which we'll talk about in a second, doesn't necessarily mean that you are Wicca. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the next phrase is Sabbat or Sabbat, which you can hear pronounced differently all the time. Um, that is a seasonal festival celebrated by modern day pagans. And we're going to have episodes based on those, but that's just consider that um, like the witch's version of holidays, their festivals yeah. that are celebrated throughout the year. Leading to that is the wheel of the year, which we'll be talking about, which is the annual cycle of those festivals. So it's basically like the calendar. It's like the witch's calendar mm-hmm. is the wheel of the year. We'll be right back after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You guys have heard our ad for Restoration Coffee, so we thought we'd do a quick Restoration Coffee Real Talk or Resto Real Talk. What do you think, Jay? Well, I mean, I love Real Talks, <laughs> and I love Restoration Coffee, so this is really like where I where I live. Yeah, it, it's it's a good lane for us. <laughs> this is my lane. <laughs> Well, the first thing that I love about Resto that I think everyone needs to know, here in Massachusetts where we live, there are a ton of coffee shops, but there aren't actually a ton of great coffee shops. Resto is a great coffee shop. The baristas know what they're doing. They know what they're making. They understand the science of it. They're not just like pushing buttons and coffees dumping out. They're really making excellent high quality coffee. They are. They're the best. So good. And then the, beyond the baristas and what you're getting, you can also get the beans. Yes. And oh my God, it's the best coffee, don't you think? Yeah. And like they're roasted themselves. Resto roasts their own beans. They're ethically sourced. They're not dunked in syrup or whatever happens to make like crazy flavors. Like they're really great, high quality, high end beans that you're getting. And you don't even have to be from around here to get them. You can order them from wherever and they'll ship them to you. And then the other thing I realized after going there so much was that a lot of places offer vegan or gluten-free or dairy-free stuff. And whenever I see it, I'm always like, I don't know if I want that. When I go to Resto, a lot of the times I order things and they're already gluten-free and dairy-free and I don't know it and they're delicious. Like they're just so good. It's so good. Even if you don't have a reason for needing to not have that stuff, have it. It's delicious and you'll feel great after you eat it. Yeah. So it's like this magical blend of taking care of people that need certain dietary help, but also making it really delicious too. Exactly. All right. I'm sold. Let's go. Let's go to Resto. I think there are two terms that I want to bring up that I want to talk about, like Heather, you alluded to this a little, a few minutes ago about like the reclamation of words, like about us taking words back. Um, And one of them is magic. So 
there's magic with a C and there's magic with a K. And one is about illusions and tricks. That's you talk about magic with a C. It's about like you think about a magician on stage pulling a rabbit out of his hat. Mm-hmm. People have people who want to go the opposite way with that, who have a K at the end of magic, they're about craft and about ritual. This is what like witches are practicing. This is what people are practicing when they're like pagans or people in Wicca are using, they're using magic with a K. And so they brought that back because they wanted to differentiate this modern patriarchal twist of magic, which is like a guy standing on stage using illusions to trick you, which I'm not saying magicians are like evil. (laughs) I'm just saying that the use of those two words, that the, the definition and the view of them has gotten sort of muddled together where they're actually two very different things. One's for entertainment and one is for like life purpose and, and supporting your life, supporting yourself and your body. Yeah. It's another one of those hijacked terms. Like you said, like, I love saying like the reclamation of these words, you know, we would, I say we, as if like ancient us is what I mean. (laughs) We back in pagan days would, would talk about magic and not meaning like I'm trying to trick you. And, and, you know, the idea of casting a spell or something was never something that was like otherworldly. It was, it was really about manifesting and channeling into the energy and putting yourself in a good place. And it had a lot to do with mindset. Like we just hear it weird and it's totally on purpose. It's totally, you know, taking a term that was, that was used by people and sort of hijacking it and making it become trickery. And like you said, I think magicians are fun and cool. I'll totally go to a magic show with you. If the world ever opens up again, totally fine. Nothing against actual magicians, but just this is an, another place where this has been hijacked and you have to hear the term magic differently. Like you have to, you have to make that adjustment in your head when we talk about it. That's the perfect way to say it. That's a perfect way to, to differentiate between the two is that they, it has been, magic has been used against people. The things that we are inherently good at, the things we're inherently able to hone in on and tune into and tap into has been used to make us like bad or spooky or scary. Um, So it's time to just redefine them, reclaim them and take them back. Exactly. If you've ever uh, said an affirmation, then you have done magic with a K. If you've ever made um, your grandma's recipe for chicken noodle soup for someone who was ill and gave it to them, you've done magic with a K. Like that's, it's not some like evil devil worshiping process. Right. Or if you use essential oils or if you use crystals, that's all magic with a K because you're tapping into like the natural power of something and the natural frequency, like we talked about in the Reiki episode, that you're tapping into the natural vibration of something to bring that into your body. Boom, so, exactly, exactly. And then the same goes for the term witch. So witch was, it used to be back in the day, it was a woman who was independent, um, who spoke her mind without permission or apology and 
lived her life like sustaining herself. She used all those things, all those herbs, all she used plants and nature to sustain herself. And now through patriarchal religion and through the suppression of women for men to gain power, which has now been turned into being evil or dastardly or someone who's trying to trick you or cast a spell on you or turn you into a frog. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's sort of taken on the crone aspect, right? Which there is of, of the goddess, there's the maiden mother and crone, you know, the divine feminine energies. Crone is the, the older woman, right? right? So the most powerful of the witches yep. would be the crones, the older ones. So that's who you have to take down. So that's why you see this, you know, ugly, you know, wart nose hag, you know, because we got to take down the most powerful. Um, but yeah, which never meant that you, you know, we'll talk about the broom thing later, but it never meant that you went on a broom or that you, you know, worship the devil or tried to hurt people quite the opposite. Actually, it meant that you were, um, knowledgeable of the earth and its energies and the universe. And you use that to, to better your own life and other people's really. Right. Yeah. I mean, the witch was the woman that you went to in the village when you didn't know how to heal yourself when you were sick and you couldn't get better when something was going wrong in your life and you couldn't figure it out. I mean, she, the witch is the old wise woman, the, the woman who's collected knowledge and experience throughout her whole life and she can then help everyone around her and but think about how powerful that is think about how powerful that makes a woman to be able to do that and so it was like the patriarchy's goal to devastate that imagery and to make it evil like actually evil to be that yes and i i'm a dork for reading old fables and fairy tales because so many of them are secret like secretly symbolically represented uh old-fashioned pagan stories right um and in so many of those they refer to the witches as like the most powerful woman that's not a god so like if if you couldn't you can't become a goddess if you're human right and you're just like live walking around so the most educated the most um connected the most like giving to other people like those women that were celebrated like that were labeled witch it was like the highest honor (laughs) it was a good thing exactly right and so it's time to reclaim that we're taking it back taking it back baby right so now the the last three words i want to go over we probably won't talk about in the rest of the episodes, but I think that they're important to bring up because I want you to realize um, the importance of language and how words have been um, twisted and turned against us. Because I think what people, especially in this day and age, are quick to say like, oh, that's not a big deal. What does that have to do with anything? But the subtleties and like the layered effect of patriarchy, it's so sort of rampant in this culture that like basically everywhere we turn things are being used to support the patriarchy and things that we don't even realize so i just want to go over three different words and give you the original version of them and let you know what they originally meant so buckle up this is when you when you speak when you go places and speak this is my favorite part of what you talk about all the time Well, because it's, well, I'll say it, and then we'll talk about why it's so 
unsettling. Mm -hmm. So we're first going to talk about the word virgin, which originally meant it comes from the original words, meaning of herself or one in herself. So it meant that it was an unmarried woman who lived without a man, and it was a term of independence. So it was basically this woman who like was fine on her own. She didn't need a man, but that's dangerous when you're trying to suppress women, when you're trying to have land and money filter through patriarchal lines in a family and in a society. So this word that meant that a woman was powerful and independent all of a sudden was created, or maybe not all of a sudden, I'm sure it slowly shifted, but it's now used as a way to gauge women's, what, pureness? Like, I mean, it's it's such, virgin now is used to, to grade and to quantify women and their sexuality and their innocence and their pureness when it originally meant that we we were badasses yes every time you talk about this and I just noticed it now I get like my fists just clench like I'm gonna (laughs) punch something yeah it never had anything to do with sex ever ever And, and when we or when you say like a woman who was like of herself, she wasn't, she wasn't married. Like she didn't need a man. It doesn't mean that she didn't have men in her life. She likely did. She just didn't only have one man. She probably had as many as she wanted. Um, And it's a lot of like, we are going to, I use the term virgin a lot when we talk about the Sabbaths because they refer to different goddesses as virgin goddesses often. So that just meant that they were the most powerful goddesses. That <laughs> doesn't mean that they were goddesses who had never had sex. Like that is, that was never that term. But I also think it's so interesting that in order to to take down that term, they decided to tie it to women's sexuality and bring shame into that. Exactly. <laughs> Again, I'm trying to like rein myself in because it's, Again, it could be a whole episode about how, like, virginity doesn't even exist. Like, what we define as modern-day virginity, it's not, it's this, like, patriarchally constructed concept that doesn't actually exist. Doctors will tell you that virginity isn't something that's actually real and can be, like, marked in the body. It's it's mind-blowing when you think that women were so powerful and they were so independent and that now we are being, like... And like, whose business is it, by the way? Like, mm-hmm. who gets to say who I have sex with and when it's okay? And like, you're going to measure my body for that. Like, that's what you do to property. So that's, it's it's infuriating that we've gone so far in the other direction of it. Yeah, and it's only a term that society cares to apply to women. I mean, I know men are called virgins and and not sometimes too, but it certainly doesn't carry the weight it does for women. It just, just the idea in our society that women can't police their own bodies and their own urges and all of that stuff. Again, I'll reel myself in here, but I'll just say it comes from things like this. It comes from terms like this being kidnapped and, and making 
women feel and giving them less rights to be able to control something that everybody should be able to control on their own. Right. It's inherently theirs. Exactly. So, well, then this is going to be, this is going to make you more mad um, because we're going to talk about vaginas. Um, and vagina, as you know, Heather, it comes from the Latin word for sheath, which is what you would use to hold your sword. So <laughs> we've basically come to the point where we're using body parts and naming them in relation to their usefulness to men. I can't even tell you how angry this one makes me. And to the point that I slip this conversation in, <laughs> this like tidbit of information in, in places where it's like nobody asked for it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I know. I often see women struggle to define their female anatomy, like because we don't have a word that's acceptable. I would say vagina is the most acceptable. Um, and it doesn't even describe the whole thing. Like it's just one right. part that's been called the sword holder like are you kidding me like again this could be a whole episode I'll reel myself in but um this one really just it it gets me going right well and it's the I think it's the fact that it's well it's not actually anatomically correct like you said when you're talking about the vagina you're actually probably talking about the vulva but vagina is like a medical term that's like the actual term that you're when you're saying vagina you're actually being anatomically correct about part of a woman's reproductive system but the fact that that was taken as like being where a sword would go no it's a lot man <laughs> it's a lot i have to say if you are well i'm imagining that if you're somebody who is like going to clutch their pearls at certain terms, you've probably already turned off this episode. So I think it's probably safe to just talk, but I, I will say that the, if you are listening and us saying vagina or talking about virginity is giving you that sort of uncomfortable feeling, I just want to ask you to lean in a bit because yes. you deserve to not feel uncomfortable when you talk about your own anatomy and your own body parts and your own sexuality. So it's a process and I'm not saying like just listening to us talk about it on the podcast is going to make you comfortable, but I just, as a quick little side PSA to all the women, please, please do some work there for your own benefit. You deserve yeah. it. Hallelujah. Exactly. If that's, if that's what you take away from this episode, then our work here is done for the day because we all deserve to feel the, like the true power of our bodies. And a lot yeah. of that comes from where we create, so I mm -hmm. hope you, I hope you can feel power in that. Um, and the last one I'm going to talk about is the word gossip. So instantly, like when I say gossip, I think of, I, I get it like defensive a little bit. Right. But this is our, an archaic word for a woman past middle age. So basically it's, it was originally another word for a crone for an older wise woman. Now the word God sib, like S-I-B, not gossip, but God sib, means related to the gods. So it was the term where the term godmother came from. It was like an older woman that you would have help you 
like with your children, that whole like it takes a village idea, you know, which it always had. Um, God Sib came from that and it, cr it created the term Godmother. So originally a group of women was called respectfully gossips because it was a group of women together. Um, and it was like a term of endearment or a term of like of nostalgia or, or like you were being kind and respectful when you said that. Um, it was then through the years meshed with the term like that's where you got the term like old wives tales because this group of older women would tell tales to to help give everyone you know knowledge and help educate them and so these old wives tales were actually stories that women were using to spread knowledge and information but that then became known as talking behind someone's back old wives tales is now like old like silly stories that you can't believe anymore or old remedies that don't actually work so now gossip is used to denote spreading rumors and telling lies and in a lot of times women harming other women mm -hmm. exactly I have a little theory around this word that I would like to tell you let's hear it okay I've seen the word gossip in sort of like ancient reference text yep. to describe um, a group of women who were helping another woman give birth. Yes. So like if you're, if you're trying to like think in your head, when would this term be used? You could say like the woman had like her gossip with her, or there was like a gossip of women helping that woman. And that meant that these knowledgeable wise women witches, right, um, yep. would come and assist you while you gave birth right. um, because they had done it and they knew and, and it was this this like valued group of women and they didn't have to be related. They could be your neighbor and your village or whatever who would, would help. And typically men were not a part of this process. Right. Uh, men's job from what I have read and referenced was to like go get stuff if the if the women needed it right, right. Um, because this was a process that was it wasn't excluding men but it was something that only women really knew right, right. Like you want you wanted your women around you for this right so I think that this may have been a place where another place where in patriarchal society men felt left out because this was knowledge passing this was a, about the most at least in my opinion divine thing that can happen which is a miracle happens and a, a human comes out of a woman's body right right so this there's so much stuff I won't even get into with like the womb and all like whatever there's all of this magic with a k happening in this yeah. room that I think men maybe felt very threatened by so said like let's turn a gossip into a group of women who are talking about petty silly things Exactly. And I think that those changes happen over time so that people didn't like realize that they were actually happening right away. But I think that this scenario that you just gave, Heather, is actually a great way for people to take what we just talked about and reframe it. So if I were to say like, oh, you know, in the olden times, you know, there was a bunch of gossips and a bunch of witches helping a woman give birth like what you're seeing in your head is 
a vision that's constructed by like modern day patriarchy. But if you actually break that down, you know, we're going back on that timeline that I first talked about, put it like before the birth of Christ, right? So you're in like a, not a cave, but you're in, you're in, you're in this old village and what you're really having is not a bunch of witches with pointy noses and like green skin and brooms. You're actually just having like your community of elder wise women come in and help you give birth because they have the experience of doing it for their whole entire lives. They learned it from the people before them. They probably experienced it themselves. They've helped other people do it. And now they're helping you do it. So it's not this like we have like when you hear the word witch and you hear the word gossip and you hear the word virginity, you hear all these words and you have these ideas in your head that alter the way you see things. And but what was really happening was something completely different. I, I think that's such a a big deal for for life. I think you should walk around and try to like peel away that sort of patriarchal tunnel vision that you've been given um and I guess less importantly than life I was gonna say more importantly but in the next three episodes when you listen to us talk about these things you're going to have to make these adjustments when we talk about it because some of the reasons that you know you you hear about certain traditions or certain things and they they sound strange and foreign and weird is because you're looking at it through that patriarchal lens that I think somewhere deep inside you, you know, isn't, it doesn't feel right. Exactly. It, yeah. Exactly. It's counterintuitive to what you really know. Yeah. So, so, so it doesn't matter what, like what religion you practice. If you're currently in a patriarchal religion and it's your jam, like you can still be open to this stuff. It's not, there's right. nothing exclusionary going on here about this, but just try to try to step out of that for a moment and just be open to these things because do what you want, decide what you want. We're certainly, it would be very hypocritical of us to say anything but that. Right. But just like Jamie said, like reclaim some of these words, like peek behind the curtain here a little bit and see, see history for what it really is. Not just this sort of like strangely, I'm just going to say whitewashed. I think it still applies kind of, patriarchal view and spin on it absolutely and you can believe whatever you want to believe but having the historical accuracies of what words meant and what was happening in time i think that's only going to help you see things clearly and that doesn't mean no longer believing in whatever you believe it just means having a clearer vision exactly exactly amen sister so the last thing we'll talk about really quickly is that, and which I think is important when we talk about the wheel of the year and we talk about the Sabbaths and things is that is cycles. And it's just like this really sort of broad term and this um, sort of far reaching concept, but it's really what life is all about. I mean, literally everything in this world is about cycles and we need to, understand that things are cyclical in this life and in patriarchy you're taught that things are stop and go are night and day black and white nine to five you're doing this life that's the same every single day 365 days a year you get two weeks off a year and that's it 
but life actually is the opposite of that and that's why people get so burnt out in this modern life is because they're trying to smush themselves into this box of like modern modernity and and patriarchal life and we don't fit there we don't fit because we're used to flowing seasons are cyclical um nights and days are cyclical planets are cyclical our menstrual cycles are cyclical life itself is cyclical so when we resist that we create a lot of turbulence in our in our own personal lives in our families but then like when we have entire societies that are resisting the cyclicalness of life we get like planetary turbulence yes exactly and and we're we're rejecting we're rejecting two major things here we're rejecting the idea that there's a balance of masculine and feminine right so there's the first throw yourself out of alignment completely and that's that feeling of like that nine to five that you were talking about this like very masculine way of doing everything work yourself half to death right. um, you know achieve 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 you know all good traits but need to be balanced right so there that's that's the first part right. and then the next part is the idea that but like life and death are cyclical right so the idea of like it's just life death stop is exactly. not in alignment with anything that happens in nature in the universe anywhere and in fact back in the day in the pagan days we saw everything as a circle as a cycle as you'd be reincarnated you'd come back and you know we'll talk more about this when we we get into the sabbaths and stuff but that's that feeling of living life in a line and not in a circle is so detrimental to us. And that's why it's a wheel of a year because it goes in a circle and it you all, you're always coming back. It's not like we start with this day or month and then it ends, the year ends. It's not, that's, it. you just keep going. You keep flowing through it. Heather, can you tell us about, um, about days and nights? This is going to rock people's world. <laughs> I can. Yes. So back in the day, which I'm referring to before patriarchal religion. So back, I'm just going to say in the pagan days, and now that Jamie's explained that and given you the timeline, you can understand kind of more of what that means. But in many cultures, no, certainly not all, it's not a blanket statement, but in, in the majority of cultures, the next day would start when the sun went down. So we sort of look at, there, so I guess time, modern time tells us that morning starts at like midnight, 12.01 starts the next day, right? Right. Doesn't really make any sense, I guess. But we sort of think of it as like sunrise. So you've slept and then when you wake up, your day starts. But back in the day, we believed that the day started after the sun went down. So the sun would go down and then we would start our day by sleeping and resting and then we would get up and do stuff and we would end our day with, with resting. So I feel like this is an important point to make, not just because it's a cool historical fact, right. but just look at the way we look at our day. Like the first thing we want to do is get out of bed and start racing around like crazy, where we used to look at it like, oh, I want to start this day. So I better, I better rest and rejuvenate myself as much as I can and then go, go work. I feel like that's a big deal. I feel like... There are going to be a lot of people who hear that and go, oh, it's semantics. What's the big deal? But if you think about the energetic 
underlying feel of that, it's totally different. You're basically so told to like run, go, and then crash, right? Like get everything you can do get done, done, crash and sleep for as long as you can figure out to get done and then start all over again. This is like, you're starting your day with the rejuvenation, with the healthy stuff. Like the sleep is where you heal, where you rest, where you grow. That's totally <laughs> different. Charge up and then go use that energy you charged with. Like right. not use every ounce of energy that you don't even have. Stress yourself to the max. And then when Crap. you're completely out of energy, fall into bed and sleep. You right. know, like that, that was not the way that we looked at it. And it's also important to see that like darkness was the beginning of something new always. So like the sun went down that you didn't see the sun. It was dark. That was the beginning of something new. And we don't look at it that way. Now we look at like light being the beginning of something new. And again, that throws perspective off. Right. And dark, we see darkness as the ending, like so now when you see darkness, you think about it ending when really that's where things are. That's like, you know, as corny as it sounds like that's like when you plant a seed, it's in the dark. It grows yes. in the dark. You know, I mean, that's it's, it's so cool, like you said, and interesting. But it's also really important to shift your perspective because it feels so much more powerful to be seeing it like that. It really does. And it just just walk around with that for a few days. like just just keep it with you and just think about the obviously on purpose change and the impact of that of just it might seem small but it, it's really big I think I agree I agree with you all right so that's all I've got Heather I think that that's not like a I don't think we've hit everything we're not even close to hitting everything but I think that that's um, a solid foundation to start people mm -hmm. understanding this understanding witchiness and patriarchy and all that stuff. And then we can take it from there in the other episodes. Absolutely. And we'll put um, in the show notes. I know, Jamie, you referenced um, a few, like a book and a, a couple yep. of other things. And I'll yep. put the terms that you um, that you went over. We'll put those in the show notes, which you can get at embodylove.me slash intuitive girls. So if you want to go back and, and stare at them and print them or further digest them, you can do that. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. This was great. I, I love all these terms and hearing you talk about them is one of my favorite things. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. All right. See you later. Bye. Hey, IGG. We are officially on summer vacay. So we will be back to you with more episodes, new episodes on August 2nd. Can I ask everyone listening to do us a favor? Can you please Go wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform you listen to the IGG on. Can you go on for us, please? And like, whatever it's asking you to do, like, like, follow, download, rate, write a review. We would love for you to do that for us. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitive girls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitive girls.